Testing. Hi everyone, I'm back with another installment of Hedda's Life. Last time we checked in with her, she'd gone home. She was still the middle of the of World War One. Um, beginning of the 1920s, we're gonna find a very different Hedda. She's 20, or she turned 20 in August, and she got married. She got married to Ernst Segal in the summer of 1920. He was five years older than her, so nothing too extreme. He'd uh, been born in a different part of Germany, Breslau, in a family of, you know, all right doing. They were tradespeople, but he was involved in finance. They bought a house on the outskirts of Berlin, and they enjoyed life without war. They had three children in the 1920s. They had Wolfgang in 1922, they had my grandmother Ruth in 1924, and then Robert, the youngest son, in 1926. And um, and it would be fair to say that 1920s were a good decade for them. It, they had a Berlin was essentially at the center of an artistic revival, like Paris, like New York, like Chicago, um, music, theater, film was at the core of, of of kind of the arts that were being produced. If you've ever seen Metropolis, which is kind of one of those early, um, you know, everything in film in the 20s was experimental, right? This was a new technology. And Metropolis is experimental because it's also about, in a sense, a, it's about the future. It's a film about the future at a time when People are thinking about the future, a future that involves, that includes technology that is very, very new. Uh, that film was made in Berlin. Fritz Lang, who is the director, was from Berlin. Um, and this was, in a way, the world in which they lived. They were, they were, they threw a lot of parties. Um, Ernst might have been, you know, in finance, a banker, but he was, they were both closely connected to this artistic world. Thea had a sister married a, a very well-known music critic and musicologist. And so their wedding, uh, the wedding of Thea and Hans-Heinz Stuckelschmidt, I'm not going to ask you to repeat that name, but um, was just a, a, a very bohemian affair with names that you might have heard of. Kurt Weil was at the wedding, Lotte Lenya. So if you can't imagine cabaret without Lotte Lenya, essentially. And, um, and so, you know, they threw... Tons of parties. My my great grandmother always had uh, she had no patience for people who came up with excuses as to why they might not be able to come or would let her know later whether they could come to a party or not. Because she invited way too many people any t- anyway. And so her saying was then and continued to be pretty much until I uh, I, I I knew her and she passed away um, was you know whether you show up or not we're gonna have a great time. <laughs> so she you know you can imagine that. Um, any party she threw was just, you know, one party on the way to the next party. Anyway, um, what, there's something I want to mention about this time period is that, you know, as we talk or as I'll talk about Hedda and, and her family, which is essentially my family uh, in the 20th century, you, we're not going to be able to get away from the fact that they were Jews in, in Germany because so much of what's going to happen in the 30s and the 40s to them is because they were Jews in Germany. But in 1920... They were just Germans. They happened to be Jewish, but that was not a huge part of their identity. It was not a huge part of their everyday life. And it certainly wasn't something that they thought about. Ernst had fought, Ernst, her head as husband, my great-grandfather, had fought in the German army because he was German. 
He was defending his country. He was responding to orders from generals of, you know, of Germany because he was German. And so as Germans, they were celebrating the end of conflict. Historians will, you know, have have analyzed the peace treaties as being just too punishing and essentially um, laying the path to the next war. But for civilians and civilians in cities like Berlin, and the 1920s were not a decade during which they were wondering how they were going to start the next war and and uh, you know take vengeance on the world for the outcome of World War One. No, no, the 1920s were a time for celebration because they were not at war. And much of what Hedda experienced in Berlin, people were experiencing in many other parts of the world, in many other parts of Germany. Right, France, perhaps not all of France, was awash in art and music as Paris was, but France in the 1920s was also a country that was we are celebrating the end of conflict and that in which civilians, in which people who are not involved in the army and even people who are involved in politics in the army could focus on other things. Science, innovation, creativity, all that has a really hard time during times of war, largely because during times of war, resources are directed to the war machine. And during times of war, Governments have much more power and have the power to divert resources away from what they consider to be superficial, unnecessary, towards what they think are critical to the survival of the sort of the war effort. And so essentially, while wars also allow women to have greater role in society, because most men are away at war, wars also restrict the scope of society, right? Innovation, uh, creativity is all going to be focused on whatever it is the war machine needs. And when wars are over, then all that creativity, all those resources can find outlets, outlets that are you know, just as important as, as I would say, more important. Than why I think the most important most important action a government can do is avoid war. But, um, but be that as it may, the 1920s that Hedda lived in were, were heady. Hedda was heady. Forgive the pun. Um, now, not everybody liked what was going on there, right? You and I might really appreciate jazz, but to certain people it seemed like it was just a foreign-sounding music, that this was, did not really have anything to do with real German values or real French values or whatever it is that Belgian values could have been defined as, right? So while we've got just cultural innovation, there were people on the right, and by right I mean what would eventually become a fascist movement in Europe, who perhaps were less enamored of this grand, innovative, creative effort or, 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 or freedom that people were experimenting with. And a large part of what you'll see in the 1930s is a crackdown on that, a crackdown on this innovation and on this, on this liberation of creativity and a definition of what German values are and what values and social values essentially mean. These, there are no absolutes in art and creation. There are no absolutes in values. And what we'll see in the next decade is a, a large part a, a reaction against this freedom that... Hedda was experiencing in the 1920s. 
if any of you have seen the film Cabaret with Liza Minnelli, the film is takes place in the early 1930s, but essentially it is reflecting, it is showing you life in the roaring 20s in Berlin at this time, you know, sort of it's, it's, it's a great illustration of, of that, that musical and creative and artistic creativity. And the film essentially places that time right around the moment the Nazis take power, right? Right, around the, around, uh, right, right at the moment when, when the definition of what German values are is going to be changed from above to you know, essentially question what German means, who gets to be German, and what German art is. And we'll talk about that next time. But for now, I just want you to hold on to the image of Hedda and her three young children and her young husband and the many parties they all went to. Oh, and one more thing. Remember in the previous podcast I mentioned that the first mention of the word robot was in the 1920s and 1921 in that play, Rossum's Universal Robots. That play was staged in Berlin in 1923, and I am willing to bet that Hedda Silberman Siegel, or at that moment, now she's called Hedda Siegel, went to see it with her husband. And I like the thought of that. I like to think of Hedda watching that. And I like to think of Hedda going to see Metropolis, which, by the way, you should take a look at um, the posters for Metropolis. The posters have the image of a robot on it. In this case, it's a female robot. Female robots are rather rare, actually. Um, but um, Hedda's 1920s were so both kind of artistically exciting, but also tied to the techno- technological innovations and these discussions about what that means for humanity. And I really wish I could have had a conversation with her and asked her what she thought of it. Well, I'll just have to dream of that conversation.